0: Hey, hey, hey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagle Podcast.
0: Don't do that. (laughs) That's worse than the hey hey hey. Oh my god. You know where I
1: got the hey 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 from, right? No. That's what Blake Blake started doing that. He was like, Hey, 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 everybody And so I just I I don't remember that. Yeah, well you know if we had some episodes to go back to we would we'd pull it up. Where, you can blame him a, for that it one. It was a way to keep Blake... <laughs> it <nabbit. laughs> a way to keep Blake involved. With yes. Hey hey hey. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. <laughs> That's how he would do it. Hey, 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 everybody. <laughs>
2: Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast.
1: Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles Podcast. We're excited, y'all, are kick back, relaxing, um, enjoying the day with us. Uh, first, I want to bring in my uh, crunching munch, my smacking his lips <laughs> co-host, Mister Lane Brady. The joke, is, the joke that
0: never is. The joke
1: that never ends.
0: I'll try to behave myself on the on the snacks tonight. At are least mute myself while I'm eating. at
1: least at least tell us what you're snacking on tonight man
0: i got popcorn again i'm I'm kind of again my wife stocked up on some popcorn the other day and so i've been i've been making my way through that i'm a big popcorn fan
1: you know what i've been on a kick lately the kit kat ice cream have y'all had that have you had
0: that i have not
1: try it you can get a little pint at dollar general for like two bucks and it is it's so good Kit Kat. See,
0: I think I would be more inclined to get it if it were like Butterfinger. They have Butterfinger, too. Yeah, I get Butterfinger milkshakes and stuff. That's my go-to candy and ice cream. All right, Bart Simpson. It's good, though.
1: Yeah, I got you. It's good.
0: I get why Bart was the way he was with that.
1: I got nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. That's right. Well, uh, we we got a, a, a fun guest on tonight. Um, Boy, do we ever. If you've ever <laughs> been to a Southern Miss sporting event, you may not have seen him, but as Pauline Love says, you definitely have heard him. Mr. Tim Shanks, a.k.a. Dirty. What's up, man? Not much. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're happy to have you tonight, man. You excited?
3: I am excited. Didn't know if to open up with some hecklings that everybody would right. recognize me, but I'll just stay with the regular old self here.
0: There you go. Yes. I'll tell you something, son. You ain't watched a baseball game till you sat by dirty through a baseball game. People. True story. He uh he gets on him with the best of them. It's always good It's always good to get a chat with Dirty, though, man. We've known each other a long time, huh, Dirty? Back when I was in college. Right? Wasn't, wasn't that yeah, the time yeah. we got to know each other?
3: It was, it yeah. Was, yeah, that's good. We won't talk about how long ago I was in Well, we probably are going to talk about how long ago I was in
0: college. <laughs>
1: yeah. We won't. We won't make you feel all dirty.
0: I think we played softball together. Wasn't that how we were playing church league softball together? Something like well, that. If,
3: if you if you count me standing in the third base coach's box and you being on the field, yeah, we played together. <laughs> <laughs> That's you right. You played some dirty. You played some. Oh no, not in Lane's days. I was I was about retiring. Oh, God he God. was the skipper. The he did a good
4: job of it, though. Of course, of uh, course. Well-known at Tatum Park, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good to have
0: you on, Dirty. I'm excited about tonight.
1: Well, uh, we like to start off by asking these two questions, so I uh, I guess I'll ask them. Number one is, what makes you an Everyday Eagle slash Southern Miss fan?
3: Well, I was I was raised in a family full of Mississippi State fans. and thank goodness that didn't take the Lord Uh, saved you my my cousin who lived down the street from me she came to Southern Miss in 84 I believe and I attended a lot of basketball games with her back in the spoon Darren Chancellor the NIT championship guys those days and uh a buddy of mine knew the trainer so when when he would come with me i'd get to go back in the locker room and as a oh. as a young as a young fan getting to go back in the locker room you know pre-game and these guys are all sitting there getting taped up and you know they're they're shaking their hand and talking to you you just automatically become you know wide-eyed and enthralled and like hey these guys are celebrities and so that that's kind of where I got started as a Southern Miss fan was her bringing me to games. And she lived in the apartments over behind the stadium, mm-hmm. uh, the baseball stadium, which now we have fun seeing a car get hit by foul balls. But um, okay. <laughs> she would bring me baseballs from that she would come home and they'd be sitting at her apartment door, you know, where they got fouled off and. So just just little moments from my younger days with her being a student down here and bringing me to games and souvenirs and stuff like that.
1: Well, that's cool, man. That's cool. The second question, and this may be uh, a loaded question since you've been a fan so long and been part of so many memories, but what's your favorite Southern Miss moment?
3: Uh, No doubt the. Well, I have two. Uh the ninety seven Liberty Bowl. Uh I was at Jones then. Uh, me and me and a friend of mine we decided we were gonna paint our faces and paint our cars and or paint my car and uh ride up to Memphis and go to the Liberty Bowl and just hope Southern Miss got a win. And uh if you remember I think the score ended up being forty one to seven over Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh Anyway, had a had a lot of fun watching that game and then uh in December of ninety nine, you know, that was the year two thousand, everything was supposed to end and we were all supposed to die, and no the world was gonna the girl was gonna go away and burn up and all that stuff. And I said, Well heck, why not why not end end everything and burn up at Liberty Bowl in Memphis? So I went went up there in December ninety nine. Uh that was against Utah and I believe Maybe Urban Meyer was the coach then. Not sure about that, but we played Utah and uh didn't turn out so well then but still had a lot of fun and uh the world didn't end, but we we had fun and came back home and so those are my two two biggest memories I guess.
5: Those are some
1: good memories to have, man, for sure.
0: I do think Urban was coaching that team. I think it was Alex Smith quarterback then for Utah. Do you remember? I do, I do think he was. I think yeah. so. I think so too. I was at that game too. Dirty you were. You're a lot
3: younger than me, though. Like, yeah,
0: huh? yeah. I was a little bitty fellow running around up there, but I was at that game. I actually have a T-shirt still from that game.
3: I can still wear my T-shirt. Can you? <laughs>
5: not,
3: yeah, i was about to say
0: it doesn't fit anymore but i do have one <laughs> from that game it, i actually have it up in my office right now just uh you know a little retro something
1: so uh a quick story uh before we dive into the show uh i want to tell my favorite dirty slash southern miss uh moment ever oh, probably Lord. probably probably also my scariest moment as a southern miss fan but uh we uh we drive up to Omaha, right, and we're we're sitting there amongst all the Texas fans during the first game of the College World Series, Southern Miss versus Texas, and and I I you know I can't remember what was said, but it triggered Dirty, and so Dirty stands up amongst all these fans and says, apparently everything in Texas is bigger, even the a holes. Only he didn't say a holes. He he went ahead and let him let him know what he thought. I was like, "Dirty, we're about we're, you are about to get <laughs> us killed. You are about to get us killed."
0: That is perfect, though. Vintage dirty. <laughs> yeah, vintage.
3: Okay. Dirty. okay. Now let let me set this up a little better. Chuck left a whole <laughs> lot of details out. Oh, did I? Did I? Yeah. Over about this one person. I think his name was Melendez or Alvarez or anyway. He was really big and he hit a whole lot of baseballs, all really hard. And they sang this song about him every time he came up. And all I did was say, Wow, I didn't know we were going to be sitting with the Texas Glee Club. And one of them. That's all he said. (laughs) One of them said something, and then that's where it went from there. And I didn't know we were sitting with. I thought we were sitting with like ten or twelve. I didn't know there was forty five. <laughs> needless to say, we we made a home safe. So we
1: we made a home safe. Well, uh, dirty, and also a special thank you to Dirty because uh, he was instrumental in hooking us up with Miss Pauline Love a couple of episodes back. If y'all haven't listened to that, go back and listen to Pauline's episode. Uh, but thank you so much for getting us that connection, Dirty. We appreciate it for sure. Always. For sure. Yep.
3: Enjoy my women's basketball for sure.
1: For sure. We're gonna talk about women's basketball a little later, but right now we're gonna dig into the fact that we are bowl eligible.
0: Yeah, and we are, baby. We are. We got that ever elusive sixth win. It's it a little soap. while Yeah. Well, we were just waiting on we were waiting on another Louisiana team.
1: That's right. we I, you know, a special, you know, giving Sippy, uh, Sippy Sports Show a little uh, nod here. They uh, came up with the uh, Southern Miss uh, Louisiana State Champ t-shirt, and I thought that was hilarious.
0: Well, it's hilarious. <laughs> There's still one big test over there we haven't passed, but the others, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bunch of people in purple and gold that I think would challenge us on that one. But, uh, but yeah. We I got mean, them I, in
3: baseball, so they can still go sit down somewhere. That's right. That's <laughs> there
1: you right. go. We got them in baseball.
0: There you go. But, hey, so far, every test from Louisiana we've had, we've passed it. So, that was it was exciting. It was exciting. And if
3: they, if they want it, I'm sure Will Hall's not scared in a bowl game. No, I'm Will, sure.
0: Will ain't scared enough, man. I, I ain't scared. That was uh, that was that was fun, man. Watching us get that sixth win, I was sitting there, and there was a point there where it got a little hairy now, and I got it a little did, nervous. Man. But uh, but our defense did what they do, and uh, yeah. offense came up with big plays when they needed to. So, you guys ready to dive on into this thing and break it down?
1: Let's do it.
0: Alright, let's get to the Holy Cow segment. <laughs> holy Cow!
1: Well, I'll kick us off on the Holy Cow segment, and you're going to be shocked. And I don't think either one of y'all and none of our listeners are going to guess um,
0: who my Just Holy is. Just going to pick player. a tight <laughs> end.
1: Not a tight end, Lane. I am not going to pick a tight end. I am going to pick the tight end. Mr. Cavallo. Uh, you know, he only had, I think it was three receptions for maybe 13, 15 yards somewhere there, but there was one catch. Like that was huge. It was like a big third down conversion. Um, I want to say that he called it like on the sideline and fell out. It was like a 12 yard yeah, pass.
0: He did. It was like, a big it moment. Was,
1: yeah, it was a big moment. And you know, I, I wish, I don't know how many targets he ended up with, but I know he had three receptions for like 13, 14, 15 yards, somewhere in there. Well, but, you know, my last Holy Cow, I'm going to give it to my T.E.,
0: Mr. Cavallo. Well, I'll give you this, Chuck. On the day, two receivers that led the way. There were, all right, so leading the way in receptions, there were two receivers that had three receptions, and Cole Cavallo is one of them. The other one's Jacarius Caston. So he was tied for the lead in reception. So you are definitely... You are you are warranted in picking your tight end this week.
1: Will Hall's been listening to the show. He's like, I guess I'm going to have to give the tight
0: ends more action. Yeah, he's tired of hearing Chuck uh, talk yeah, about it. it right. <laughs> right. I'll say this. I, w- I went down the field after the last home game, and I was walking off, and I walked right past Cole Cavallo. And you don't realize it from the stands, but that dude is ripped, man. He is. Like he He's huge. Yeah. Like, I never noticed how, like, Jack that dude is, but he, like, he's huge, man. He's a big dude. He's a load to mm-hmm. bring down. So, you know.
4: yeah.
1: All right, Dirty, who was your Holy Cow Player of the Week?
3: I'm going to go with a defensive player. And for the first time that I can remember this year, Malik Shorts did not lead us in tackles.
1: Oh.
3: Um... Avery Hobbs had four ta- I mean eight total tackles, four solos, and a sack with two and a half tackles for loss. Wow. So uh I I don't really remember Avery having that big of a game this, this season. But, I don't think uh, so either. He he I'd did have a big game. Big yeah. game last night.
0: I'd say it's probably it was probably his biggest game of the year. I would agree with that. He was definitely, you saw him flying around a lot. He was on the screen a lot around the football. Is he a senior?
1: He's not a senior, is he? Uh,
0: I want to say he
1: is. I know we're losing a lot on defense. He is a junior. He's a junior.
4: He is a
0: junior. From
4: Wisconsin. Yeah, maybe he's got a little brother up there. Yeah. Maybe you can find us. He's
1: listed as. Good deal. Well, Mr. Brady, what about you, man? Who are you going to give it to?
0: Okay. Listeners. Y'all heard. I gave both Chuck and the guest an opportunity to pick (laughs) first, and nobody took him. So you can say, you can say, well, dirty, our guest, he is our guest. (laughs) Be our guest dirty. I feel like that was a perfect opportunity for Chuck to sing. He likes to sing on this podcast. I, I, I
1: did it. Just hear me singing it.
0: No, I did I was
1: like, be our guest. Be our guest. There you go. Put our magic you the
0: yep. There you, you go. So
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um This segment brought to you by of Disney. Of... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I gave them plenty of opportunities to pick Frank Gore and nobody took it. So you can't say I just took the low hanging fruit. But you can't let Frank Gore go unmentioned here in the, as a holy cow. So I'm going to go Frank Gore. Uh, guys, he is just an all-around stud, man. Uh, Frank Gore had 24 carries. Uh, he had 199 yards rushing. Boy, one yard short of 200. He actually had 203, but he lost four yards on the day. So he had 199 yards total rushing, one touchdown. and he was one for one passing for thirteen yards. So, nice. um, the man can do it all. He is a—he's genuinely—he's just guys. He's a freak of nature, man. He can do yeah. whatever you ask him to do. I bet he could kick field goals if we needed him to.
1: Well, see, Lane, and that you want to know why I didn't pick him as my Holy Cow Player of the Week? Why? Because I am going to give Frank Gore Jr. my Holy Cow Player of the Year. Because that mug has literally stepped up in all aspects. We run the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball, block. I mean, the man has done it all for Southern Miss, and he loves Southern Miss. You can tell; like the man's always smiling. He's always got a positive attitude. So, I wish we had a hundred Frank Gores. Honestly, I really do. Absolutely. He's just a great
0: person, man. Have y'all ever got to talk to the guy? I'm sure Dirty has. Dirty, you've been around a lot of these, a lot of teams, not. huh? I met Frank.
3: Gores. Day this year with my six year old nephew. And I mean, he, he took up all the time in the world that, that we wanted, you know, to sit there and talk to him and take pictures. And, you know, he he was never in a hurry to leave and go talk to somebody else. And um, any kid that walked up, he, he had all the time in the world for kids, adults, anybody that walked to him. And he was a constant smile 100% of the time. You know, so just, uh, I mean, I always had a lot of respect for him. And I also think, did he not go over a thousand yards for the season? Not go over a thousand yards for the season? He did. Saturday. Did Did I see that somewhere? Yeah. And, you know, just for for somebody to be that good of an athlete and that good of a, a person, you know, with the fans, with the kids, and, you know, just everywhere you see him, he's just, he's always smiling, always respectful, always, you know, that, that's what you want your best athlete to be is somebody that's respectful, you know, a good kid, a good person, and, and somebody that your program can put out front and say, Hey, this is who we are. Yeah. And that's one thing, I, that's one thing I like about Will Hall is he, whenever you hear him talk, he talks about how, you know, they're trying to build men and they're trying to build. And some people say, well, that's nice, but we want, we want wins. You know what? I'll, I'll take, I'll take a few more wins every year and let's build a program that we can have good kids and win instead of just out there winning with kids that nobody wants to, you know, wants to have anything to do with. Yeah. So I, I, I do compliment Coach Hall. I know we all give him a hard time, but. I do compliment him on, you know, you don't hear his players out there, you know, having to be suspended and having to miss games for for all the little stupid things just because I do believe he preaches, you know, being men on and off the field. And and that's that's one thing I would rather rather us have than defeated every year. That's the way. Oh,
4: Yeah. You know, and as a, as a dad
0: to a little kid that looks up to athletes, Frank Gore is, he's a guy I want my kid to look up to. <laughs> you know, like he's, like, if I, if you were to tell me, now obviously athletically, if you were to tell me my kid could be as good as Gore, that'd be one thing. But if you were to tell me he's going to have Gore's character and be the type of kid Gore is, I would be happy with that, you know, because I exactly. just think he's that good of a person. So, um, good one to look up to. If you haven't met him yet, and you're a listener of the show, find some chance to meet this kid at a, at a media day thing, at a whatever, any kind of event, heck, go speak to him after a game or something. And, uh, you'll see what we're talking about. He's just a different kid, man. He's different than most college athletes. And to know how good he is, and he's that guy, he's, he's just special, man. All right. Well, let's dive into the other, to other notables here. The first notable is, uh, is a negative notable and it's a notable on me and Chuck. And I'll just go ahead. I'm going to address the elephant in the room, Chuck.
1: (laughs) Go ahead and let them know what we did.
0: (sighs) Okay. So it was pointed out to Chuck and myself. And honestly, I was, I was happy it was pointed out. Because it means that people are actually listening to the show and they call us out on stuff. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like my mom wouldn't have told me that I messed this up. (laughs) So we got more people listening than my mom here. But um, the fact that listeners heard this and and called us out on something we were wrong on, I'm actually grateful for it. Chandler Rogers, the quarterback, and I talked. Here's where the embarrassing thing is: I talked in depth about Chandler Rodgers.
1: You did. did. A lot.
0: Like, I talked about how he's a running threat, running quarterback, which, by the way, he led their team in rushing attempts and yards Saturday. So, your boy was on it. But I I told you about, like, the type of quarterback he is and all that stuff. But I neglected to tell you one thing, and here comes the Dag Nabbit part of it. Chandler Rodgers is a transfer from Southern Miss. Dag Nabbit hmm mm-hmm. yeah so wampa, uh, uh,
1: and mr shanks is one of those listeners that pointed it out yeah yeah <laughs> he's just being he's just being very gracious right now and not making fun of us
0: yeah just boy really not my best moment but anyway <laughs> let's uh let's highlight some stuff with southern miss here uh trey lowe he had he was 10 for 16, 170 yards passing, one touchdown, zero picks, took care of the football, and only got sacked one time. So that offensive line has steadily put up better numbers every week in terms of keeping the quarterback on his feet and off the ground. So hats off to them, too. Janari Dean was back. That was good to see. We missed him the past few weeks. He had 10 carries. Um for forty eight yards. It was good to see him back. And Tavius Willis had a couple big carries for us. Moving on to receiving, Latrell Jones had a big reception for fifty nine yards. That was an explosive play. That was, that was
1: an explosive play. Yeah, and it was
0: a big moment a, too.
1: He hadn't had a lot of catches this year,
0: has he? No, he's he's uh you know, he's kind of been behind Brownlee and uh Caston in the yeah. pecking order there, but uh yeah, Latrell Jones, definitely his most explosive play of the year. And it was in a big moment. It was late in the game. And it kind of sparked some life in our guys, you feel like. Jakarius Caston had three catches, fifty-seven yards and a touchdown. He had the long receiving touchdown of the day. You already mentioned Cole Cavallo with his three catches, and I already mentioned Gore. I didn't mention he had some two catches also on the day. And then we already mentioned Avery uh, Hobbes leading the team in tackles. Another one that jumped out to me was Santrell Latham. He had six tackles. Um, he had one sack, a forced fumble, uh quarterback hurry. He just had a good day. So Santrell um, Latham's another standout defensively to me. Kristen Booth also had a lot of tackles. So that to me is our notables from that game. One more notable here, and I hate to be negative, but I'm going to be here. ULM, guys, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I think they have the worst looking uniforms in college football. Oh, it was bad. They were bad. Like, that may be the worst uniform I've ever seen. It was a weird, was that gray? Well, it was gray, but it wasn't necessarily the color. It was the, like, cartoony, I don't even know. Like, they're the Warhawk. Right. But no logo they have even looks like that. Like, it was weird, man. The thing had teeth all over it, and it was on their helmets and on their jersey. It was weird. Like, honestly, I watched the game. I was probably mid-second quarter before I finally figured out what all was on their uniform. Like, the whole, I spent a whole quarter, like, trying to digest that uniform and figure out what I was looking at. Like, it was rough. So, but that's that game in a nutshell. We got that elusive six win, and we are bowl eligible, boys. Can't wait.
1: Bowl eligible. I, I think we're in a bowl. I really do.
0: I do. I, I can see us getting in there. I hadn't looked at the numbers of who all else is bowl eligible. That would be something I'm, that would have been nice I for me to do before. 79 we went
1: teams. I think there's 79 teams bowl eligible for 82 spots.
4: Then we should be safe.
1: If I'm not, if, that's what I'm saying. So, unless for some reason they just pick a couple of five and seven teams that they think can make, they won't money. do that.
0: They'll they'll go bowl eligible first. If there's more bowl games than eligible teams, we should be in them. So, it'll be the first time we go bowling since what 2017. 2019 2019 why do I keep getting that really? number wrong I feel like every episode uh, I get that number wrong
1: why did that 2019,
4: 2019. we were
1: at Shreveport right
4: or no uh, maybe that was yeah that. I can't remember that Shreveport may have been I remember it was a I forgot that one though
3: because it was, was ugly uh, yeah <laughs> let's go out there and have yeah. a good one this year and put that one out of our mind right. yeah put that one in the rear yeah uh-huh.
4: what y'all think
1: i would personally you know obviously geographic you know plays a big part in my opinion but the furthest i'd want to go away and i'll take this one because i know that y'all will probably pick some of the closer I wouldn't mind going to Dallas to the Frisco Bowl in Dallas. Um, I've got, you know, a bunch of friends over there I can hang out with and meet up with. And um, so I know that that would be a fun time. Uh, That's probably the furthest I would want to go. I I really hope we don't go to Boca Raton. I really hope we don't go to Orlando. Um, But I, I would I would really like the Frisco Bowl in Dallas. You know, what about you, Dirty?
3: All right, so I have been to the First Responders Bowl, what is now First Responders Bowl in Dallas. Uh, it was the Zaxby's Bowl in Washington. A good facility because of, of all the history, you know, in the Elton Bowl. Um, naturally, I would love to go to the New Orleans Bowl. I don't think that's one of our tie-ins, but I have seen in several projections that that's one we could be such we could be tied maybe Western Kentucky with. So yeah. uh, that would be fun. That's a, that's another story Chuck could tell you all at, at another time. So after Dallas, I would say Frisco, just because it's closed, and then Montgomery, since we're going to be there for the conference baseball tournament, we'll be I there for like a few that. days, and we can get a feel for the city and what we're going to mm-hmm. do while we're there destroying that tournament. I like that. I like we're gonna that.
0: run that city, baby.
3: Oh, keys of the city.
1: <laughs> what about you, Lane? What uh, what bowl are you kind of can't wait till we maybe go to?
0: Okay, so New Orleans is the first one that jumps into my mind, just because we've been to that one a lot. I do think that's a real possibility. Um, I personally think we're going to Shreveport. I know that might not come as a exciting thing for some of y'all, but I personally think we're going to Shreveport. I've been thinking that this whole time. I could be wrong, but um I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're I think we're going to Shreveport if we were if I was predicting. However, I would like to see New Orleans. I'd like to see Mobile. I'd like to see anything closer. We can get a lot of fans there. Right. Um My wife did mention we're going to make this kind of a vacation for us, and we're going to go. She didn't give me a a mileage, like, perimeter on this deal. So the minute she said it, I said, well, let's go to Boca. Like I'm I'm cheering for Boca now. I'm going to go buy me a fedora hat and a Hawaiian shirt and walk out there and own the place. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, There's one in South Carolina, too, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I, well, I think the farthest is Boca.
4: Yeah, Myrtle like, Beach, South Myrtle, Carolina Myrtle is. Beach. Yeah,
3: Myrtle Beach.
0: Like, getting there one at Coastal Stadium.
3: Yeah, it's at the home of COVID Carolina. I'm not real excited about going back there.
0: Well, I mean, I just I'd like to, you know, I mean, all right. So, in terms of destination, like coolest places to go, I'd say Boca or Myrtle Beach, but
1: but. But you'll be playing like if you go to if you go to Boca, you'll be playing at FAU Stadium. If you go to the Myrtle Beach, you'll be playing at Coastal Carolina Stadium. Yeah, you know, like I want to go somewhere and play at the Superdome or you go to Mobile, you're
0: going to play in South Alabama Stadium. South
1: Alabama. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, like I don't know. I just I would hope that we'd get a.
0: I get what oh. you're saying. You want you want a neutral site stadium or a bigger ride? Make it yeah, like the Superdome or. I was just, I just thinking of the, the few days. In. I was thinking of the day or two leading into the the game. What all there is to do there, but
1: yeah, that's true.
0: But yeah, I mean, I'd be, you know, I think honestly, I'm cheering for New Orleans or or Mobile or somewhere like that, close enough that a lot of our fans can go. Shreveport brought out a lot of Southern Miss fans, so I would like to see a lot of Southern Miss fans wherever we go. I don't want to go yeah. so far off that it stunts are fan base from going
3: right
4: so i wouldn't mind dallas either it's just it's a haul i mean which well, i about
1: a six hour drive
4: yeah it's not terrible
0: but a lot to do dallas has a top golf i got that going
1: and and nerd nerd part of me you get to go watch the jfk you can go to the jfk museum which is super cool if you've never been
0: yeah i think we did that one time yeah. My wife and I no, we went to the George Bush one.
1: Uh the yeah. Presidential Library, that's really cool too, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I just remember top golf more than anything from that trip. <laughs> <laughs> but what, yeah. What, what were you what were you saying, Shanks?
3: I was gonna say I pulled up the, the actual sunbelt tie in Yeah. And it's Boca, Montgomery, Orlando at the Cure Bowl. Um, the Boise Potato Bowl on that stupid firm No, from
0: oh. me on that one. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be upset about any bowl game, but that would probably be the last one on my list. That's
3: a that's a. Far, why would the Sunbelt even tie into Boise? I don't know. Oh. But then the Dallas First Responder Bowl at the Cotton Bowl, the Frisco, Texas, and then the COVID Carolina Bowl in Myrtle Beach, and the New Mexico Bowl and Albuquerque, there again, not sure why we would tie into that one. Not a fan of that either. And then it says the New Orleans Bowl will hold first. New Orleans Bowl will hold the second selection, and the Lending Tree Bowl will hold the fifth selection. I think anybody close to here would jump on a chance to get Southern Miss just because of the excitement of us being bowl eligible. Right. And how many people are going to be excited to go to a game? And, you know, so keeping us close would benefit the bowl itself and and our fan base. So I, I don't see anybody way off t- making a bid at us because it's not going to benefit either side. Right.
0: If we're still there at fifth, I think Lending Tree takes us.
3: Is that Birmingham? I mean,
0: no, that's my bill, I think. Oh, if we're still sitting there when mobile come when any of the Alabama ones come up I think I think we're gonna like, I think yeah, that's, that's
3: a, yeah, that's an automatic bid,
0: I think that would be us, so I mean, just the fan base showing up, you gotta think we're gonna travel for this one, man, especially if it's close enough to go. Right. We may not travel to Boise or Boca or anywhere like that, but man if it's if it's in one of the neighboring states, you gotta think black and gold rush to the place, you know what I mean?
4: So, for sure. But yeah,
0: like I said, my guess, I I heard something, somebody told me Independence Bowl was showing a lot of interest in us, and this was back before we got that sixth win. I can't remember who it was or where I got it from, but ever since then I kind of assumed that that was a real possibility. Like, I want to say Independence Bowl had people at one of our games or something watching us. I think they were. I think they were. So, that's the fact they showed up. They had reps showing up at one of our games made me think, well, that's they want us if we get there, you know? So,
4: we'll see. Should be exciting.
1: Very exciting. Well, another thing that uh, is very, very exciting. Is uh, the the state of our men's basketball program? What do y'all think about us being seven and? We over? may
0: never lose again.
1: Right, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: we're the greatest
0: team ever. Ever, it's been exciting, guys. It really has. Like, I don't know, man. I'm not used to being a like. I'm not used to being a basketball school, man. I don't know how to act.
1: Right and I know you and I, you know
0: we we're not
1: as as up to uh or as savvy about basketball as we should be, especially Southern men's basketball, but Mr. Shanks is like uh dirty, what do you attribute the success to um in your opinion?
3: In your opinion, in your humble opinion, what do you think the, the change has been? You know, all right, so anybody that knows me, I'm just gonna be real honest about it i think I think Coach Ladner made a lot of hard decisions. um There were some players that were here that needed to be other places um uh, in order to benefit us and them, and they were able to find those other places and um I think he did very well in the transfer portal um getting Austin Crowley from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's had some really big games at big times, uh getting Felipe Jase, which back up a little bit with that, with hiring Coach Cardona and his his first name is slipped Me, but he was able to he was able to bring in four players front with overseas connections. Um, I believe two from Puerto Rico and two from Chile. But. Hot days from
4: Chile. Yeah. yeah.
3: Those players fitting the Jay Ladner style and. Just just getting rid of some 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 players that and, and not nothing negative about those players. It just just getting rid of some players that this wasn't their their home, you know, Right. Um. Sometimes we just choose a place where it's not good for us, and it's not good for the place we're at. Um. I do wish Tyler Stevenson would have stayed. I. I think. I think he was. He was one that that got away. That kind of. Uh. Let the chaos kind of scare him a little bit. And and he he kind of, in the midst of all the transfers, kind of. Kind of let the the fear of everybody leaving get to him, and he he transferred to one of those schools up north that we won't mention. And uh, you know he he's having an okay year, and I'm glad he found somewhere that you know that could benefit him. But I think he could have been a lot better off here. But uh, that that being said, is you know it's done now. But I just think with with Coach Ladner bringing in Coach Cardona and and getting these new players. And keeping some players like uh, DeAndre Pinkney and um, Mo Arnold, and I know I'm forgetting some others, but those are just two that bounced off the top of my head. Keeping some players here that did fit the system and did want to be here in Hattiesburg and here at Southern Miss and want to make things work, you know, even if it took a little while. I'm sure they, I'm sure they didn't expect to be seven and zero. They want to be. You know, right. we all want to be undefeated, but I'm sure they didn't expect to be seven and zero this year. But um, they stayed. They put in the work, and the new guys came in and put in the work. And if you listen to the the pregame interviews and the and the postgame interviews, everything you hear is it's family. You know, yeah, we're family. We support each other, and. I just I just think that's what was missing before. There were there were some people in the family that weren't weren't family, you know. Yeah. And and coach Linder had to make, you know, he had to suffer through the hard times. I mean, when he first first year he came in it was a covid year and he couldn't really you know, couldn't go see anybody. And then second year, you know, he couldn't he could talk to people on the phone, but he still really couldn't get out. So I mean, I think he took the first chance he had to that he could make those difficult decisions, and he made them. And I think he's done a good job with it. And you know, I mean, I think he's done the best that he can. Absolutely, working together. So
0: you know, I was here. I was a student during the Eustacey and Tindall years, and we had some pretty exciting teams back then, and Reed Green, you know, you see pictures of how empty it is right now and stuff, but like Reed Green was packed back then. Like, we used to bring a lot of people. There was a ton of excitement. We had a student section that was going crazy. We had fans, like loyal fans that showed up every time. Well, what I think people don't realize, I think people are starting to realize it, but they don't realize it yet, is I mean, our basketball team right now is 7-0. There's plenty to be excited about. There he is. (laughs) You know, like, it's time to start putting the butts back in the seats and re uh, because these kids are playing well enough. They deserve it. They deserve a bunch of people there to support them. And, guys, I mean, it's, I don't think anybody really expected what's happened so far, but. Guys, this is a program that definitely needs our back, and now more than ever, because we're we're coming out of a dark time in the program. We kind of we're starting to see the light
1: here. So, how many wins did Jay have last year?
3: I think it was six total. I on the year
1: six. I or don't seven. don't
3: quote me on that, but yeah. I can't. It wasn't. But you know, Lane, you talk about those those pictures of those full. Full Coliseums and that kind of stuff i was I was there during those days and i mean i was I was one of the ones that was there early and and was front row right at the end of the opponent's bench you know i was i mean I was in the middle of it and the coliseum wasn't full every night i mean it was it was it's better than it was now but one of the things that that Eustacey and and Tyndall had that Coach Ladner doesn't have was we were in a conference with a top ranked Memphis, yeah, you know yeah. a Cal, a Calipari and 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 a and a, a top ranked Memphis team. We had Cincinnati in the conference. We had you know there were there were big top ranked teams in the conference that came in, and you know. It's it's easy to fill. It's easy to fill those seats when you got number five Memphis coming in. Oh yeah. So, and and that's that's what that's what people don't realize. They're 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 on Coach Ladner because he's not filling the Coliseum, and they're on Coach Ladner because he's not, you know, packing out the seats. Well, I mean, here again, let me be brutally honest. I was there. I was in those seats every time. And Tendo and Eustace you didn't pack out those seats either. Yeah. <laughs> that was number five Memphis. That was Louisville. That was wow. you know you know what I'm saying? That was that was people in our town coming to watch other people hoping we lost. And then the the times that we did beat those teams, they were like, Oh heck, this, this team's pretty good. Yeah. You know, so you know you, these people. We just don't have those caliber teams in our conference right now. So all I can say to the to the people that are listening, and and as you're talking to other people, the these guys don't have that that caliber teams coming in. So you just gotta you just gotta take a chance and give them a chance because even though they don't play those caliber teams they still deserve the same number of butts in the seats and they still deserve the same chance because they went to Vanderbilt and they won in probably the toughest coliseum in the SEC because you know with the benches being on the end of the floor and that's the only place in the the NCAA that that happens that's one of the hardest places to play in NCAA because you're not used to those Those kind of things, those, you know, your coach being on the other end of the floor. And we went into that that place early and beat a Vanderbilt team that's not rebuilding. This is year three or four, I can't remember. But, you know, we don't have those those big-time crowd-drawing teams, so we're going to have to just, as a fan base, do it ourselves. Right. And suck it up and just get in there and do it. That's a good word.
0: And just realize we're coming out of a dark time, and it's it's time to time to back it. You know, and what you mean?
3: know I mean, it's time. I'm, I'm on Eagle Post, and and any of y'all that's listening, all y'all have been saying for the last three years is they start winning, I'll go. Well, heck, they're seven and zero. They can't win any more than seven games when they play seven games. So, right, get yeah. off Facebook, put your money where your mouth is, and get in the Coliseum. What?
1: How much does season tickets to basketball run? They're not that expensive, are they? Uh, less than around a hundred dollars.
5: Yeah,
3: on average. Yeah. I mean, we spend a whole lot more than a hundred dollars on other things. That that's true. And I know women women's tickets are maybe fifty to fifty five in the bleachers. Yeah. yeah. So it's. I mean, it's not a lot. We spent that much uh, watching the game at munch yeah, the other Night, right? So. No <laughs> one one trip to some of these restaurants nowadays, and you can spend a whole season ticket.
0: All right. Well, the perfect time to start back in them is this Tuesday night because this week the schedule for men's basketball is: we got Montana this Tuesday night coming into town, University of Montana. That's a seven p.m. tip-off at Reed Green Coliseum, and then. Um, we don't play on Saturday. We got a game on Sunday, so we play Tuesday night versus Montana. Then we go to Northwestern State in Natchitoches, Louisiana, uh, and that'll be that'll be on Sunday at uh, 3 p.m. Tip off. So we got two games this week: uh, Montana and Northwestern State. Montana's a home game Tuesday night.
1: Nice. So I hope somebody makes a sign about Yellowstone Tuesday night.
0: Oh, yeah, need to. Well, you know, we mentioned you need to come to the games and stuff. And, guys, it's kind of our first episode where we've actually covered basketball. Right. Given it's covered, we'd like to do our weekly episode and still cover basketball as best as we can. Um, I I think the best way to do it here would be to to cover, to cover, like, our top guys to look for when you come to the games, you know. And uh, all these guys. Dirty just hit on a little bit. I've got their stat pulled up here and their jersey numbers. These are guys that Dirty's already talked about, but um the guys that play the most, the guys with the most minutes on the team, really there's three of them that stand out. Felipe Hase is leading the team in total minutes played. Uh so he gets his money's worth. He don't come off the court very much. Number 22. That's the kid from uh he's from Osorno, Chile. So um you could imagine with a name like Felipe Jose, he didn't transfer in from Tylertown, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh and then we got Austin Crowley. Um he's he's the next one on the team in terms of minutes played, and then after that's DeAndre Pinckney. So those are three, those are kind of the guys you're gonna see on the court more than anybody. Jose is number twenty-two, Crowley's number one, and Pinkney's number five. Um, so some statistical leaders on the team, uh, the leader in points scored is Austin Crowley. Number two is Hase, number three is (laughs) Pinckney. So, uh, you know, go figure. And then after that, there's a fourth one that kind of stands out above the rest too. And that's Denai Harris, number four. Uh, those are your scoring leaders on the team. Um, your rebound leaders. You got Hasse's leading the team in rebounds, then Peekney, then Harris. So, really, those are the guys to look for when you come to the game. Those are the main ones you're going to be watching here. Uh, Hasse also leads the team in blocks, too. Hasse's had a really impressive season so far. Um, uh, Crowley leads the team in steals, so... Those are the guys to look for. If I, you know, if you are coming Tuesday night, the Jersey numbers I'd be looking for would be number one Crowley, five Pinkney, twenty two Hase, and four Harris. Those are the guys who have put up kind of the best numbers on the season for us. And um, you know, we won the uh, what was the tournament we just played in? Uh, Dirty. We just played in it. What it was?
3: Uh, it was our, it- In Cancun, there was a
0: Cancun invitational, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was like the Cancun challenge or something like that. But we did, we won, we beat actually two teams that are predicted to win their conferences. So,
0: and Hase was the player of the tournament, like he was the MVP MVP. of the whole tournament. So, he's been very impressive so far. Also, he's six foot nine, so that's fun. He's a big fella. So I can say this, guys, I went, you know, I've been to a game so far this year. Uh, We were supposed to go to another game or two, but we had, like, my kid was sick one time, and I think my wife got sick another time. Like, we just, we've kind of gotten past the, our whole family being sick (laughs) bug here, and we can start going to some more games here. But the game I went to was a blast, man. These guys and you know, Dirty, you can he can attest to it too. They just play really, really hard. Like they play really hard the whole game. You know, you don't see them take plays off. There's not a lot of watching around or anything. Like they are they are playing very hungry right now to keep winning games. And so it's it's fun to watch. So anything else you guys want to add to men's basketball before we shift our focus to women's?
3: I was just gonna run down. I have I have the preseason coaches poll pulled up. Oh
5: yeah. Well,
3: this this is the this is the Lindy's prediction, but the
4: coaches polls pretty much team for team.
3: Um, they have us picked 13th out of 14 in in the Sun Belt. Oh wow. Um, I have a feeling a lot of that was, you know, this was once again this was preseason they had not seen a lot of our transfers they had not seen Jose. they had not seen which somebody had seen Jose because in the lindy's preseason he was all first team and in the coach's preseason he was all second team
5: okay. so
3: he's not surprising somebody but um from top to bottom it's uh texas state is number 1 uh louisiana You're welcome, Raising Cajun Review. Uh, Last year's uh, conference champion is number two. You're invited to the
0: Crawfish Bowl with me, Dirty.
3: That's right. Then James Madison, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, App State, um, Old Dominion, which came came with us from Conference USA. Uh, They were our uh, team in the NCAA last year. And then you got South Alabama, Georgia State, Arkansas State, Troy, Georgia Southern, US, and ULM. Um, so we're picked thirteenth out of fourteenth, but I, there's just no way I see us finishing less than than seventh or eighth.
1: Well, Cardona, uh, in an interview uh, the other day, said that he uh, to look for us to win the Sun Belt Conference championship. So.
3: They, they're believing I mean, that so we got to believe. And and I mean, you know, if, if our coaches are believing that, then. Yeah. I mean, there again, that gives us something that a reason to go support them. Right. Because I'm going to tell you, a coach is not going to go out there and say something like that in an interview if he yeah. doesn't really believe it. Because believe it or, you, you know, you better believe he's going to be held to that. You're right. So, um,. But, you know, I watched us play Louisiana last year. Um, The first half of the game was really good. I think they led us by eight at halftime. And then the second half, they just, they really ran away from us. We just, you know, uh, I think it was, I think it was a lack of depth. And they just had more bodies to put out there than we did. So, you know, we, we have more depth this year, so we'll see where it goes. But yeah, that's where the preseason rankings have us right now, so that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out.
0: We already shift the focus to some women's basketball, yeah,
1: tell us a little bit about the women's team
0: well, right now we're sitting at four and two, okay um our this week, we got a game at home versus Mississippi college that's Wednesday night at six p m tip off. And then, uh, then we play on the road at Sanford, in Alabama, uh, on Saturday at 7 p.m. Tip-off. That's the schedule for the week, um, versus, or for our women's basketball team. Dirty, tell us a little bit about this women's basketball team. I know you've seen them play this year.
3: Well, and I was gonna say, uh, you know, talking about that four and two record, uh, we played. At least two, maybe three of those games without a second-team All-Conference player. She's a sophomore center, Malia Grayson from Hattiesburg High, and um, we played. I know at least, like I said, at least two of those games, and maybe three without her. And the the one thing that saved us in one of those games was 34 points from a junior. Guard from DeRidder, Louisiana. She transferred from LSU here. Uh, Dom Davis and I can
4: honestly say, in all I see, I've
3: had I've had season tickets until I started traveling with a high school team. I had season tickets since Joy Lee has been here, and I think that was I can't remember. It's, it's been several years those probably maybe 2002
4: three four somewhere in there and i've not seen a a girl play this hard
3: outside of your your Pauline loves or, or or that you know that caliber and she she might even be that caliber um she's just not very big she's not tall you know Pauline had the the luxury. I've got her
0: listed at five foot six.
3: Right. And Pauline had the luxury of being, you know, six, six plus. And she could dribble and she could play the, she could play anywhere from one to five. So uh, with Dom being five, six, you know, she's. Now she's not scared to go down low, but, but just in watching her, you know, she's going to be the one diving into the scores table, diving into the side, you know, the, the chairs on the side. She's gonna be the one when we need a big three. She's gonna be the one shooting the ball. And so but those those are our uh Dom Davis was first team, she's a junior, and Malia Grayson was second team, and she's a sophomore. But um there's a lot of newcomers that uh I haven't gotten out to see this year yet, but they're they're pretty deep in the post. They have I think I saw they have five girls six foot or taller. Um, she's pretty deep in the post. It's not experienced. Um, she's got some girls outside that can shoot. Uh, Rose Warren's a junior out of Puckett. Uh, she's 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 a set. She's one of those you know set shooters uh she can she can shoot off the dribble, but if she's gonna shoot the three it's pretty much gonna be from a set probably but uh there's a lot of those girls that i mean like I said, if it's gonna be from the outside, mostly it's gonna be from from Dom Davis she's our dominating player but uh they're they're pretty Dom is dominating a, yeah, Dom is dominating that should be her first name, really but let me uh, tell
0: you something I got stats pulled up. And Dom Davis is ridiculous, (laughs) statistically. Like, guys, she's number two. It's worth going to some women's basketball games just to see this kid play, looking at her numbers. Like, unreal. Like, Dirty mentioned how many points she's scoring. She scored 144 points on the season. The next highest scorer on our team has 57.
1: And six games? Yep. In six games, yes. So how much is that average per game? 20. I was hoping. Would
0: say. Well, she's averaging 24 a game.
1: Yeah. A game.
4: Wow. And like, she's leading the team in steals.
0: She, I mean, guys, it's um, like she's leading the team in rebounds.
5: At
0: 5-6. At 5-6. And she's leading the team in minutes played.
1: Like,
0: Go ahead, girl, I just, I had to, I had to let y'all know that. Like, when he's, when he mentions Dom Davis is, the like doing this and then like guys, it's like video game numbers, ridiculous what she's doing.
3: So, and, you know, <laughs> if you've never, if you've never been to a women's basketball game, uh, Coach McNellis plays a, a very up tempo style she is uh they full court press the whole game um they they run you know they live off the the steals in the press and the layup i mean it's just it's not your it's not what most people think of you know as your typical score and run back down the floor women's basketball game which you know if it's effective, it's effective. I mean, it's just whatever you're, but she recruits the type of athletes that play that, that fast pace up and yeah. down, full, full court. And, you know, as, as Lane said, Dom Davis is leading us in steals. She's leading us in points and she's at the top of that press and she's probably, you know, getting most of those points from there. But, you know, it, it's, it's an exciting, brand of women's basketball. It's not. I don't see how you can go and not be excited unless you just set your mind that you're not going to be when you go there.
1: For sure, man. man. and We got, you know, how long has Joy Lee been there?
3: I was just trying to think Well, go, I, I, I think she's been there for
1: Emmy Award winning Joy Lee McNeilis.
3: Right. I, I want to say she's been there for at least sixteen years.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta be double digits for sure. Because I going to as long as I can remember.
3: Um while it's pulling up, I was gonna I'll run down the
4: the women's um pre season coaches poll. And uh Troy
3: Troy's up top. They got uh they got 12 out of 13 first place votes so probably a pretty dominating women's women's team over there at Troy I haven't never seen them play um and then old Dominion second Louisiana third and we we are picked fourth behind those three so oh, wow. um and then behind us is Texas State James Madison Georgia Southern this is completely not relevant to Southern Miss
1: but it's much just for my own curiosity is JMU's postseason ban, is that for every sport? And is that. Is that going to be for every sport? Even baseball, right? Even baseball. Until what year? 24 or? 23?
4: I think it's, I think it's two years. <laughs> this year and this year. Okay. I thought. I think it's a ridiculous, I don't know. I still don't understand why a team moving up has to take a penalty. Yeah. You know, I can see if a, if, an,
3: if an FBS team was moving down to the S, you know, yeah. where you've been considered at a higher level for the last several years, then, yeah, you have to take a ban or something. But if you're moving up from what's considered a, a level down and you're coming up and you can win the championship. Then kudos to you. You go to the you go to the championship Right, team. right. You know if you can come up a level and win the championship the first one or two years, hats off to you. And how is that fair to the
1: Western Division when you've got what's it six teams in the West and five teams in the East competing for a championship? Like, because you know, like because COVID, Carolina, they're 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 football champ because. JMU can't play in the conference championship.
3: Right. I I mean, I I don't don't understand it. Yeah, maybe we can get somebody that can
1: make sense of that rule. Well, JMU, we are on your side on this. It should definitely not be the Chanticleers in the conference championship. So, go purple.
4: But, uh... shifting gears back to basketball
0: (laughs) a little bit here so our women's team from the rankings you just said dirty we're projected to be in the mix of things as far as winning a conference championship i think uh i think a lot of people have kind of shifted their gear on our men's team too so we got we got a chance here to make some noise in basketball both men and women's basketball for
3: sure you know, being so, been ranked pick for a new conference in a new conference, with your all-conference players being juniors and sophomores, I mean, you're bringing back your leaders again next year. So, I mean, to oh, me, yeah. things are looking up. It's
0: a big deal.
3: So why not start so supporting you, them now and get on board?
0: So how long do you know anything about Malia Grayson, her injury, when she'll be back?
3: She actually came back yesterday. She played in the championship of the Thanksgiving Classic, so she is she's back now. I know she's from Hasberg High, but she is she's one of the one of the toughest female ball players I've ever seen. At, I mean, during a high school game, break her nose and. Tell her coach to call timeout just so she wouldn't have to come out of the game. They just got over there and stopped the bleeding, and she came right back. So, um, for her to even miss three games, I'm not sure what the injury or the cause was. But you know,
4: she's she she's tough. But she's tough. She's
3: not going to get run over or beat around her. So, but between her and Dom Davis, there's there's a lot. Lot out there on the floor to watch if you go watch these lucky girls play for sure.
0: They got Malia listed at
4: six foot three, so yeah, she's I can
0: see her being a force down in the paint. So, uh, and and guys, I've got their I've got the total minutes played pulled up here. If you go to a women's game. Here's the numbers you're most likely to see. Number two is Dom Davis. We talked a lot about her. Uh, Forty-five is Malia Grayson. We talked a lot about her. Those are the two. I would. I think it's safe to say, right, Dirty. Those are the two you really want to kind of keep eyes on. Uh, and then number three and number four, they play. They play a lot. Bracey and Cornfield. Um, and so. And you mentioned Rose Warren earlier, number 24, as being a good shooter. So that's just some numbers from some of these ladies that Dirty's pointed out to us already. And then looking at the numbers or at the minutes played, those are the main ones that are going to be on the floor whenever you show up. So, and again, they have a tip off at six o'clock Wednesday versus Mississippi College. So that'd be a good game to go check out.
1: It would, it would. Well, awesome guys. I think we did a a good job of kind of previewing some some basketball both men's and women's and uh I look forward to diving into some more and learning more about the sport for sure and about the team as the season progresses. Uh any final comments from you all about it?
0: Oh man, I just want to say I'm I was grateful to have Dirty on the show, man. He's a y'all listeners, you can hear it like he's he's a passionate basketball fan. He knows these kids, he knows their playing style, he knows all that. We basically got the best basketball fan we can find and brought him on the show. For sure. So, uh, that was some great insight, Dirty. I appreciate you coming on, man. That was good stuff.
3: I'm glad to be here
1: anytime. All right, guys, and uh, I want to say, if it's all right with y'all, on behalf of Tim Shanks, a.k.a. Dirty, Lane, myself, and Pate, and the Everyday Eagles podcast team, we want to send a special uh, shout-out to Tori and Dakota, who just had a beautiful baby girl, Riley. And, Dirty, you got to go meet them and uh, meet Riley and uh, deliver a special gift. Tell us what you got her.
3: I did get to go meet Riley, and I saw Dakota and Tori all are doing well. They're home, and Riley now has her first Southern Miss outfit. That's right. So I uh, took care of that, and she's ready to go now.
1: Future growing up goal person right there. Uh, T- Dakota and Tori sit with us at baseball and football games, so they're, they're part of the Golden Eagle family, and uh, we love them and wish them all the best. Uh, speedy recovery and we can't wait to have riley come to her first baseball game this spring for sure um well i guess we'll call it a night um thank you so much Dirty, for coming on and as always thanks to pate for making a sound and look good and until next time southern miss
3: to the top
2: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit everydayeaglespodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles podcast.